Hello and welcome to HW News Report. Here you can listen to news from political and economical world. Follow this podcast now to stay updated. At HW News, we have been delivering news that matters to you. Our goal is to present you with information that simulates conversation around topics of larger public importance that are often lost in the noise of shrill prime time. My name is Aarti and you are watching HW News. Welcome to South Connect. This is our weekly show where we talk about some important news from across five states of southern India. Let's begin with Karnataka. With just few days to go for Karnataka elections, the Congress on Saturday released its first list of candidates. The Congress has announced the names of 124 candidates for the upcoming Karnataka Assembly elections scheduled to be held in the month of May. Former Karnataka Chief Minister Siddharamaya will contest from Varuna and Karnataka Congress President D.K. Shukumar will contest from Kanakpura constituency. Both D.K. Shukumar and Siddharamaya, who are Chief Ministerial aspirants in the event of the party coming to power in Karnataka, are among the prominent leaders who figure in the first list of candidates for the assembly polls. Of the 124 candidates fielded in the first list by the Congress party, 20% of them are Lingayat leaders. Priyank Kharge, son of Congress President Malikarjun Kharge, will contest from Chitpur. MB Patil and Dinesh Gundurao have been given tickets from Babaleswar and Gandhinagar constituencies respectively. The party has also dropped sitting MLA Venkata Ramanappa and has given a ticket to a new candidate. BJP MLC Putanna, who quit the party, got the ticket from Rajaji Nagar and former Union Minister K.H. Muniappa will contest from Devanhalli seat. Now the catch, however, is in the Varuna seat. Varuna seat in Mysuru is currently represented by Siddharamaya's son, Yatindra Siddharamaya. Congress Legislature Party leader Siddharamaya currently represents Badami segment of Bagalkot district in the northern part of the state. T.K. Shukumar is already a sitting MLA from Kanakpura. Now, Siddharamaya had earlier announced that he will be contesting from Kolar but backtracked after party leadership reportedly cautioned him regarding the risks fighting from there. According to the list, now Siddharamaya is contesting from the seat of Varuna. Let's move on to the next news from the state. The pole-bound Karnataka got another metro line yesterday. Prime Minister Narendra Modi inaugurated 13.71 km stretch of Bangalore Metro Phase 2 project on Saturday. He inaugurated the stretch from Whitefield, that is Kadugodi Metro, to Krishna Rajapura, also known as K.R. Puram Metro line of the Reach 1 extension project. Later, he also took a ride in the newly built metro. The metro is built at the cost of around 4,250 crore rupees. The K.R. Puram Whitefield line is aimed at reducing the travel time to 24 minutes, which otherwise would take over an hour by road. The stretch includes 12 stations and will also have direct walkway access to the ITPL campus at Patandur Agrahara Metro Station and is likely to benefit 3 lakh passengers. It is a part of much-awaited 15.81 km stretch of the Bangalore Metro from Bayapanhalli to Whitefield on the Purple Line. Around 2.1 km stretch on this line is yet to be completed. 
The stretch has two reaches that is R1A, an 8.67 kilometer stretch from Baipanahalli to Sitaramapalya on the Kyarpuram stretch, and R1B, a 7.14 kilometer stretch from Sitaramapalya to Whitefield. Well, the Bangalore traffic snarls are pretty infamous. With the new metro line, hopefully, the traffic woes of residents may ease soon. Let's move on to the next state that is Kerala. The Bharatiya Janata Party, which is trying to make inroads in Kerala this week, received support from an unlikely quarter. A bishop in Kerala promised Catholic votes to the BJP. This, however, has led to a major controversy in the state. Joseph Pamplani, the Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Thalassery, said that there was no need to keep the ruling party of the country away from the church. He was addressing a meeting of the Catholic Farmers' Confidence in the North Kerala town. He said, and I quote, the church has no aversion or untouchable attitude towards the BJP. After all, it is the ruling party of the country. If the farmers' problems are addressed, we will vote for BJP. Well, natural rubber is priced at 130 rupees and 150 rupees now, and he wants the centre to hike it to 300 rupees a kilogram. He said, if the union government raises the price of rubber, the church will naturally help the BJP to elect a member of parliament from the state. He said. The church usually does not support any party, but it will support any union or state government that will stand with farmers, he said, adding that there is no need to misinterpret it as an alliance between the church and the BJP. Even though there have been instances of other Catholic bishops expressing solidarity to certain BJP campaigns like Lao Jihad, this is probably the first time that a Catholic bishop voiced support to the party publicly. Now, Christian Association and Alliance for Social Action, CASA, a Catholic group known for its right-wing stance, has also extended support to the bishop. This statement was not received, however, well by certain factions of Catholics and critics of the church. Many also compared the 300 rupees mentioned by the bishop with the biblical story of the 30 silver coins for which Judas betrayed Jesus Christ. Congress and CPIM also condemned the remarks by the bishop. The Ernakulam Angamali Archdiocese has summarily rejected his statement. In a heart-hitting editorial, Satyadipam, the mouthpiece of the Archdiocese, accused Pamplani of belittling the larger farming community and asked him to retract his statement. The BJP, however, has welcomed and even defended his comments. Let's move on to the next news from the state. Amid a dizzying barrage of news that often makes you feel hopeless, this week we saw a news that was not only a ray of hope but also of inspiration. Padma Lakshmi has made history by becoming the first transgender woman to become an advocate in Kerala. She was enrolled as an advocate with the Bar Council on March 19th. Nearly 1,500 students were given the Bar Enrollment Certificates on Sunday when Padma also received hers. According to reports, Padma is a graduate from Ernakulam Government Law College. State Minister for Industries and Law P. Rajiv took to social media to congratulate Padma on achieving the feat. He wrote on social media and I quote, Padma Lakshmi overcame all the hurdles of life and enrolled as the first transgender person advocate in Kerala. Becoming the first person to do something is always the hardest achievement in history. There are no predecessors on the way to the goal. Obstacles will be inevitable. There will be people to mute and discourage. Padma Lakshmi has written her name in the legal history by overcoming all of these. He also said that the path Padma Lakshmi has taken determined on which side she will be standing in the fight for justice and also added that may Padma Lakshmi's life inspire more people from the transgender community to enter the legal field. 
Now Padma, who graduated from Ernakulam's Government Law College after completing her B.Sc. in Physics, said she owed her success to her parents, who stood by her like a rock through it all. Let's move on to the next state, that is Tamil Nadu. Karthiki Gonzalez, the director of the Elephant Whisperers, posted a picture of Boman and Belly posing with the Oscar award won by the film. The film backed the Academy Award for the Best Documentary Short Film. The Elephant Whisperers follows a couple, Boman and Belly, who adopt two orphaned elephants in Tamil Nadu's Madhumulai Reserve Forest. The couple finally got to hold the prestigious gold statute. Kartiki Gonzalez shared a photo of the couple to her Instagram account and captioned it, It's been a long four months since we have been apart and now I feel like I am home. Now, earlier this week, March 21st, Tamil Nadu Chief Minister M.K. Stalin also felicitated Karthiki Gonsalves. He also handed over a cheque worth 1 crore rupees to Karthiki after he praised her for the movie. He said the documentary brought the work of many unknown people to the world stage. Let's move on to the next news from the state. Leaders from across political parties in Tamil Nadu have reacted to Rahul Gandhi being disqualified from the parliament on Friday. The Congress leader was convicted by Gujarat court on Thursday in a criminal defamation case for his remarks against Prime Minister Narendra Modi during an election campaign in 2019. Tamil Nadu Chief Minister M.K. Stalin issued a statement condemning the disqualification of Rahul Gandhi and said that it curtails the fundamental right to express oneself. He said, to disqualify Rahul Gandhi as an MP before he could go for an appeal is nothing but snatching away the right of an elected member of parliament. It is now clear how much the BJP is scared of Rahul Gandhi. The impact created by brother Rahul Gandhi's Bharat Jodo Yatra is also a reason for BJP's fear. Now, the chief minister also said that the BJP is afraid that Rahul Gandhi will jeopardize their politics if he enters the parliament again and added, it is not fair for the union government to disqualify someone from the parliament instead of trying to answer the valid questions raised by them. Let's move on to the next state, Andhra Pradesh. The Comptroller and Auditor General report tabled in Andhra Pradesh Legislative Assembly on Friday revealed that the state government lapsed unspent amount of 26,380 crore rupees in 2021-2022 to the consolidated fund of the state, which resulted in a reduction of revenue and fiscal deficit compared to the previous year. The state government, while lapsing the unspent balance, had also lapsed the Finance Commission recommended health sector grants, that is, amounts to about 488 crore rupees given by the centre. The action of the government lapsing the funds was in violation of the centre's guidelines and also resulted in an understatement of revenue expenditure and revenue deficit while creating an interest burden of 11.33 crore rupees for not transferring the funds to the consolidated fund of the state. Let's move on to the next news from the state. The outcome of the recently concluded assembly elections in Meghalaya has given Showtime Consulting, a political consultancy hired by the National People's Party, a shot in the arm. The consultancy is also doing political campaign strategy work now in Andhra Pradesh for Chandrababu Naidu's Telugu Desam party. In Meghalaya, Conrad Sangma-led NPP returned to power with a massive majority winning 26 seats in the 60-member Meghalaya Assembly. Now, what makes the victory special for Showtime is that NPP managed to defeat the All India Trinamool Congress, also known as TMC, backed by the political consulting firm Indian Political Action Committee, popularly referred to as IPAC. TDP recently won in all the three graduate constituency seats in the Member of Legislative Council elections in Andhra Pradesh. 
Founded by election strategist Prashant Kishore, IPAC is an established name in political circles and has also played a crucial role in hand-holding several major leaders and political parties to electoral victories. Prime Minister Narendra Modi, West Bengal Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee, Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister Vice Jagan Mohan Reddy are among the leaders who have used the political consultancy. The founders of Showtime Consulting have also previously worked in senior leadership roles in IPAC. In Andhra Pradesh, this is the second time that IPAC has associated itself with the YSRCP. In the 2024 assembly election in Andhra Pradesh, CM Jagan will be battling it out seeking re-election while former CM Chandrababu Naidu will be striving to make a comeback. While IPAC has nearly 700 people working in Andhra Pradesh at present, Showtime has a smaller team of around 350 people. Let's move on to the next state, that is Telangana. Tensions prevailed on the campus of Osmania University in Hyderabad on Friday as police detained leaders of some student groups to foil the protest over the Telangana State Public Service Commission exam paper leak. Police picked up students' leaders from hostels and shifted them to Osmania University Police Station. According to student leaders, the police force was deployed in campus on Thursday and they placed restrictions on entry and exit to and from the campus. A student leader, Shrikanth, tried to set himself afire on the campus but some police personnel swung into action and stopped him. Holding placards, students also raised slogans of Khabardar KCR. Osmania University was the nerve centre of students' protest during the Telangana movement as well. The self-immolation of a student during one such protest intensified the movement. The students' JAC is now looking to launch a similar movement on the problems faced by the unemployed in the state. Well, that's all for this week's South Connect. What are your thoughts? Share in the comment box below. For more news and updates, you can log on to www.hwnews.in. If you like this episode, please rate us with 5 stars right now. HW News Podcasts are available on Benchpods and all other audio platforms. Also, don't miss to check out South Connect from the House of HW News Podcasts. And we're sure you'll love it too.